Hello, welcome to the Dive Podcast with your hosts, Thomas Truax and Philip Rucker. Today we're going to talk about price control and how it affects you and everyone around you. Philip is going to take it away with price ceiling and price floor. Okay, so basically what a price floor is, is it's the minimum the price can be set by the government. And the, and the price ceiling is the maximum something can be, and that's the set by the government as well. And uh, price, price ceilings and price floors do not affect anything unless it is either really close to the equilibrium or past the equilibrium. So let's say an ineffective price floor would be if you're selling a TV for $1,000, like TVs are sold for that much. And uh, the price floor was set to where TVs can only be sent or could be only sold for one dollar plus. That would literally affect nobody. So it would be a useless price floor. And uh, price ceiling, it would be ineffective if it's way above. So let's say TVs are sold for a thousand dollars again, and the government makes them place to where TVs can't be sold for less than a billion dollars. It's a stupid price, and, like, nobody would care about it. It would affect nobody. Now, what really counts, what really makes it effective, if it goes past the equilibrium. And a really good example for this, for a price floor, is the minimum wage. I personally don't think it goes past the equilibrium, but it's a price floor that does affect people in a good way. And uh, we're going to talk, Thomas is going to talk more about the minimum wage later. And uh, so let's go on to uh, some examples. So let's say you're selling, I don't know, an iPhone for $100, and the government makes it to where you can only sell an iPhone for $200 plus. Well, now everybody has to sell them for $200, which I know they're way more, but it's just an example. But it's going to affect both the consumers and the producers. The... Producers are going to are going to want to produce more since they'll sell for more, but the consumers won't want to buy as much since it's gonna be more expensive. This creates a surplus of stuff that's not gonna be used, so it's wasteful to the economy and it creates what's called a deadweight loss. And if the price ceiling is put in effect, so um, let's go to let's go to a house. No, that's a bad example. Let's go to a Apple, I guess. Apples are sold for $1, and the price ceiling is put to where apples can only be sold for $0.50 cents and below. This will make the, the producers or the farmers in this case not want to produce as much since they're not going to be making as much, but this will make the consumers want to buy more. And uh, this will cause a shortage because there won't be enough apples because they're not being produced as much. So this makes a shortage, and it also makes a deadweight loss because of that. And that's pretty much all I have for price control with, like, the price ceilings and price floors. And, like, the shortages, the surpluses, deadweight loss, which deadweight loss, if I didn't declare it earlier, is basically useless loss and just hurts the economy. So uh, now Thomas is going to talk about Minimum wage, which is also another price floor.
Memoirage was created in 1938, and it was founded and created by Theodore Roosevelt. And it is kind of goes in with price floor because minimum wage was there for for which workers may not sell their labor for. So basically, it's like how Philip said about the apples. It started when it first got created at 25 cents, but it can't go underneath that. That's the lowest a company can pay somebody. But they can raise it all they want, but they can't go underneath 25%. So minimum wage kind of leaks in with price for a lot. And what just wages in general, it was just created so people didn't have to struggle. Like, let's say Philip is going out and he goes to work every day before minimum wage was created. Let's say it was a couple years beforehand. Everything was costing two cents, but he was only making one cents an hour. By that time he got paid and everything, he might have not had enough to be able to get anything. So, I mean, minimum wage was there to help a lot of hardworking people be able to have money to be able to survive, be able to thrive through the community, to be able to not have to worry so much but still have to. That's why Theodore Roosevelt in 1938 decided to create minimum wage for the hardworking people because that's not fair for someone to go and work and work as hard as they can and then turn around and get a measly like two cent paycheck and everything around them costs that much. So that's why Theodore Roosevelt created it in that companies, like big sourcing companies, a lot of them are going to try to go underneath that. They try to go as low as they can because you, no one likes spending money. No one likes to that. You don't want to spend money for things, but sometimes you got to spend money to get money, and that was one of those things. So Theodore Roosevelt, I'm pretty sure, saw it the same way, and he created that to help people out so people didn't have to go through anything like that. Because, I mean, it would suck to come home and only have two cents to be able to try to feed kids, families. It, it wouldn't work out. So he saw a solution, and he jumped into it to fix that. So uh, going on what he said, the, the minimum wage was part of that FLSA or the Fair Labor Standards Act. And not only just uh, set the minimum wage up to 95 cents, it also limited the maximum work week hours up to 45 hours because people were being worked at pretty much. And a uh, quote when um, minimum wage was made by Theodore Roosevelt was something like about big company about don't worry about the big companies making a thousand dollars a day while workers are only making eleven dollars a week with a minimum wage now set. So um, it was a pretty effective thing. And uh, it really boosts the economy, too, because now the consumers have more money to spend. And producers will, will have their stuff bought more. And um, people were talking about how minimum wage was bad for the economy and how it would affect things in a negative way, which really I don't see how it will. I don't even think that right now would affect it in a negative way because... People call the minimum wage an exception to that, but 
price floor is only affected if it goes above the equilibrium. And with how much prices of everything have been going up and minimum wage hasn't, I don't think minimum wage goes over the equilibrium at all. So I don't think it's one to the exception at all. And uh, some ideas I have for maybe the minimum wage now is um, we could maybe even increase the mini minimum wage a little bit per year. And uh, what I would really like to see is maybe the federal government, the central government gives minimum wage up to a certain point then gradually gives minimum wage, like the minimum wage power to states. But the states have to um, make it to somewhere near the standard of living price. Because the way it is now, it's just really not fair because if we, even if we do this to $15, it's not really much because in New York prices are so much more than what they would be in Virginia. Yet the central government's minimum wage would still be around $15. So I really think the minimum wage gradually turned into something closer to what the standard of living is. I'd be closer to the equilibrium, but it hasn't changed in 11 or so years. It's just crazy. It really does need to change. So what what are your thoughts and maybe some ideas to change the minimum wage? Thomas, do you think it should change? Yes. Do you think it should stay the same? And no, because if minimum wage goes up, everything else is going to go up because it's just because companies are going to be like, okay, so minimum wage goes up, so we're going to put – they're going up by a couple dollars, so we're going to go up by a couple dollars. So stuff will change, but maybe certain stuff won't change for the good because like milk costs, let's say – a dollar right now. That's because we live in Indiana. And then we'll say next year, we're instead of seven twenty-five, we're making nine twenty-five. Well, if they decide, okay, then let's raise ours another two dollars. That's three dollars right there. So a lot minimum wage would be helpful to go up, but you'll see gradually things that you need and want will start to go up even more because your minimum wage went up. So then they're like, oh, well, we can get more money out of that. Well, you do say that, but, like, stuff is going up right now. I mean, the other day, I went to Panera Bread for three people, and it cost me $55 just for three people. And it's not even, like, a big old restaurant or anything. It's just, like, grocery store shopping. I know it used to cost me a hundred. It used to cost around maybe $100, $150. Now it costs us about $300 for a week of food. It's just insane. Yet the minimum wage hasn't gone up. So what's your point to combat that? that it, it needs to go up because in order to keep balance, it you got to keep something. Like somebody's got to raise it because it's like eventually if milk hits $9, we're still at $7.25. No one's going to buy milk here. Milk would be pointless here because it's not minimum wage isn't going up, so we can't keep up to be able to buy that stuff. Companies are offering that starting pay, but still, we need more the wage in general to go up because it's not fair for somebody to work for only seven twenty five an hour and then have to go pay nine dollars for a gallon of milk. They're gonna have no money come time to get anything they else they need. Now, I do understand if minimum wage does go up, it will come with a price. Like Tom said about prices going up, 
Something else that will change is uh, the quality of goods will have to go up too with the minimum wage. So there will have to be more training and it will affect like younger teenagers or people just getting jobs a lot. So to combat that, I think there should be programs provided by the government off of taxpayer money for programs to train people in general jobs and just stuff like that so people have a basic work experience. And I'll be free because I know there's lots of people that are in poverty right now and would not be able to afford a program like that. So I think something should like that should be in place so people can get training and produce stuff better and be able to work and actually make a living. You have any final thoughts before we have to go, Thomas? I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's the truth. Something needs to be done. I, I do think that the government needs to step in and do something because – these bigger corporation companies are just going to keep shoving it around and eventually it's going to start something that no one wants just because of that reason. Because, yeah, money runs the world, but it's hard to do it when no one has money to be able to run the world because then the world's just going to shut down. Economy, oh, we're on the verge to go through another Great Depression if something doesn't change soon. And nobody wants that at all. It was a tough time back then. It could get worse now. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, I think that's about all the time we have. We'll see you guys next time on the Die Die Podcast. Podcast.